Bring it on, yeah. When, we, when we've got our own place, there will be no end time, which is nice. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Hey, it's, uh, it is good that you're here. It's also good. We've got some friends, Andrew and Lynn Widdowson here. Some of you have been around uh, two decades or more. We were working together in ministry maybe 25, 20 to 25 years ago. And um, uh, we kind of reconnected the last few years, isn't it? It's funny how, uh, uh, has anybody else found, whether it's COVID-related or not, but in the COVID period, you've reconnected with people, you know? And um, it's been just great to reconnect with Andrew and Lynn. Now, Andrew, you've had a couple of significant dreams for us as a church, I think. Would you come and just share a few thoughts? Is that okay? Come on, welcome, Andrew. And uh, can you hear at the back? Because we're, we're doing all this from the front. Can you hear okay at the back? Is that all right? Great. Well, good morning. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be with Revive. We, when we initially connected, it was, it was new life, wasn't it? Down on Bridlington Avenue. And uh, so we've done a lot over the years, and then we lost a little bit of connection. But the last few years, God seems to have been reconnecting. And um, we, we pray for you a lot Okay, even though most people in this room we haven't um, we haven't met before, um, but there are some, Lucy and David and Marion and of course Jared, uh, Vicky and um, Zach, yeah. So, uh, but we pray pray for you, and we we hear we've heard some of the stories. We've been through similar stuff over the last twenty years as well, and, uh, and some of it is hellish. But you, uh, you do come through the other side, stronger, fitter, a uh, bit battle-weary, uh, but in the end, um, more uh, ready for what God's got in the future. So, Christmas Eve, uh, I had a dream. Um, you know you're getting older when you start to dream. You, biblically, it's, uh, it's uh, y- young men see visions, old men see dreams. So, 56, starting to dream a lot. And uh, I've had a few. And so Christmas Eve, I woke up in the morning and I had this dream about, about these guys. Um, so what a thing to dream on Christmas Eve, <laughs> the Coopers. Yeah, <laughs> most people dream Santa and presents. I was dreaming about, uh, about Hall. And uh, so, uh, so I wrote it down and, and I shared it. And this was the dream. And hopefully, you, you know, uh, it brings some encouragement. So I, so I saw Jared particularly. I saw him stood... Literally, and, the, and the, the, the word six miles was very, very clear. Six miles north of Hull. And, and it's like he stood here. And imagine this is a channel of water, just this middle aisle. And there was a channel of water gushing towards where he was stood. And as, he got, as this water got to where he was, I could see around that there were, there were these covered over wells that were just exploding with water, just popping up all over the place from where he was stood. Um, And so much water that it actually pushed this initial gush of water up this channel back towards the city. And as it did that, there was so much of a deluge that uh, it covered, covered the area around, it covered the region, was covered with this water that was gushing. We spoke a couple of weeks later and found out that wells around the Beverly area, I didn't know that they were moving to Beverly, found out that you're looking at six miles, and then um, 
and that there are channels of water, so there's a symbolic prophetic thing taking place there of the amount of water, but there was then this regional gushing as it pushed back towards Hull, pushed back towards the Humber, um, there was a very clear covering of an area with water. We know that's what the, that is sim symbolic of. Um, and then recently find out that the, the new venue is six miles north of Hull. You think, oh, God, you know, thank you for the dream. I wasn't just eating too much cheese than the night before. Um, and then uh, literally about two weeks ago, praying again, uh, I'm not sure if there was a dream or if this was one of those, you, you, some, some of you just look sort of like in your waking up period, your mind sort of like starts to go all crazy and you're thinking about all sorts of stuff. Um, I, I was thinking about the brain, and I was thinking about the brain um, that has had experienced trauma. I know you guys have experienced trauma of, of, of some kind. Um, and I know that when my dad had, he had a couple of strokes before he died. And uh, I know that part of the physiotherapy that he went through was to um, deal with the neurons that had been damaged, but actually trying to create new paths, new neurological paths in order for him to function again. And, and I felt that was for revive. I felt that what God wanted to do was to create uh, not a repair of old pathways of thinking, uh, of the spiritual brain, if that's what you want to call it, but, but to do something with you and in you that was going to create new neurological pathways, new spiritual pathways. Now, that's a challenge. You know, I, I, I grew up in AOG, and you, you have all sorts of neurological pathways when you live uh, in that. And then uh, I've experienced trauma as well um, in various ways, both spiritually and naturally. Um, and there, there is a, a real danger to try and build back into the old. Okay, and I think this is really important for you as a church. Don't build back pathways that reconnect into the old. I sense that God wants to do something with you that's going to create new, as it was, neurological pathways that will cause you to work and operate in ways that you probably haven't had before. Now, now that's difficult, that's tough. I, we went through a 14-year detoxing period. We were literally sat on the back burner. We were sat on the bench for 14 years out of ministry, doing nothing really. And I look back on that period thinking, that was tough, that was, don't talk to me about, about patience, <laughs> don't talk to me about the wilderness. Um, but that was a detox. And, and we had to do that because if we hadn't done that, what we are in now would have been, uh, wouldn't have worked, just wouldn't have worked because we'd have been building on old pathways, old ways of thinking. And that's going to be tough. I know from personal experience that is a tough thing to do. But I really sense from the Holy Spirit that if you allow him to do a work of re um, creating these new ways of thinking, these new neurological, spiritual pathways in your head, your body, the body will start to function in, in much more powerful ways than you've expected before. Is that all right? Yeah. Great. Thanks, Andrea. That's fab. Tell someone near you, let God do something new. Go on, tell them, let God do something new. We talk a lot about restoration. It's just not the recreation of the old. Amen? 
Uh, most of us, you know, you reach a certain age. Don't even ask me what that age is today. And we go to our memory cupboards instead of our prophetic cupboards. And, and it's easy to go, oh, we know how to fix that. We've done church for years. Tick, 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 tick. But God is doing something new. Amen? And there's something that God is saying kind of church-wide, I think, at the moment. So I'm going to share a little bit about it. Uh, just 15 minutes, something like that. And then we'll, we'll, we'll call that a Sunday and go and enjoy the sun. Um, and I've read the scripture already, Revelation 4. After this I looked, John says, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And a voice I'd first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once, it says, I was in the spirit. In this realm of... Uh, every, everybody just put one hand in the air. Go on, work with me. It doesn't matter which side it is. And, th- and then kind of just show me a level about here. Come on, do that. Do that. And then l- look at your hand and say, Right, I've got to come up higher. Right? There's a realm just up here. Anybody else really good at living this realm? Come on, anybody have grumpy Mondays? I have grumpy Sundays, can you believe it? And I'm the pastor, right? You know, I have grumpy Sundays. Every one of us has the capacity. What are you in right now? Are you here or are you here? Now say to your own soul, come on soul, come up higher. There's a better version of you. There's a version of you that's able to live in the spirit rather than the flesh. There's a version of you that's able to be confident. Don't you want to live above those fears, above the shame, above the lack of peace? It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It's still an everyday choice to say, today I'm going to come up higher. Now, around the world right now, there are preachers and prophets all talking about church. If we're going to get to where we need to get to next, we need to come up higher. Come up higher. Stephen Furtick was preaching uh, two weeks ago, and he preached on Luke 5. Remember when, the, when the, the four men brought a paraplegic? That's hard to say with your false teeth, isn't it? Um, brought a paraplegic, uh, and, and they couldn't get into the room because of the crowd, so they couldn't get close to Jesus. And uh, the, it says they tried to, de- to get close. Everybody say try. Anybody try hard in life? Who's been doing the Christian thing more than two decades? Come on, give me a, give me a wave. Th- more than three? More than four? More than my mum? <laughs> no one. And we try. Anybody still growing in God. Like you get to good plateaus when you feel good about it, but then God faces you with the next. Okay, so now's the next bit where I'm going to grow you up and stretch you. And you look Jesus back in the face and you go, but I thought I was already perfected enough. I mean, look in the mirror. Look at this. She gets to look at this every morning. Well, admittedly, before I've plastered my hair back down and covered up the bald patch, but it looks pretty good with some glue on my head. Do you know what I mean? Then we see the reality of who we are. And it's like, okay, God, anybody thought they'd be further on now than they are? Isn't that funny? How, isn't it funny how God is slow? Andrew was talking about patience. God takes his time. It's us that are in a rush. I don't know about you. I want to change the world by lunchtime. In fact, 11s is too late, usually. Um, And here's the thing. So they brought, they tried to bring this crippled man to Jesus. Couldn't get in because of the crowd. They tried. They tried. Then the next verse says, and so they went up. 
They didn't try harder, they tried cleverer. They tried different. Everyone say different. New neural pathways. Not trying the same thing you tried before. Sometimes that works. Let's not pretend that isn't right sometimes. But listen, I believe the word of God to the body of Christ at the moment isn't try harder. Come on, we're starting a month of prayer and fasting this month. Who gets excited by that? There's about three people in the room got excited. And they're all Africans, let's be honest, you, you lazy English people. Right? I mean, when I fast, I get visions of roast chicken usually and gravy and... Right? But it isn't because we've got to. We've got to go further, try harder, be better. We've got to be the best we could ever be. No, no, no. We've got to grasp the most grace we could ever grasp. And sometimes you've tried all you can do. I mean, you know, Bancoli and Dupe, one or four hour service. I will admit, usually the best miracles happen in about the fourth hour of the service. But let's not go there for a moment. But it's not just try harder. It's try higher. Anybody feel the need inside to God? It's not that I've... In fact, I feel slightly, God, that I've got less energy than I had. 10 years ago to give to this. Anybody? Anybody under 30 years old agree with me? Yeah. No. Over 30 years old? Yes. We're all tired. And God appreciates that. I love that he's the sympathetic, I should say really empathetic high priest. He knows what it is to be tired and sit down at the well and go, can, can I just have a drink? Uh, and suddenly it all got higher. God wants us to come higher. Now, I don't know about you, there's a real enemy. You know, if, if you're a Christian in this room, you believe in a real God, a real Jesus who died on a real cross for your sins and rose again in reality, taking the punishment for your sins so that you could be forgiven and at peace with a holy God, which is quite a thing, isn't it? I just did most of the Bible in about five sentences there for you. Um, and, and so he, he took that. He took all the sin, he took all the shame, so that we could know peace, right? So now our thing is, we have the opportunity to step higher in him and say, God, right, I'm going to embrace your peace and your love, right? But here's the reality. Real God, real Jesus, died on a real tree, rose again, forgiven us in reality. That's so wonderful. Uh, that also means, if you're a Bible-believing Christian here today, that you also believe in a, a real devil, a real enemy. Come on, just look, look at the news. Uh, uh, and also, have you ever faced problems where you go, why am I unusually anxious over this? Why am I unusually wound up? Uh, in the Bible, it talks about stuff like demons and an and enemy, and things can be dark and difficult and demonic and... Uh, I can hear myself out there. Do you know we've got a crash feed now? We're trying it for the first time, so I reckon it's working because I can hear me preach 10 seconds later out there, so that's all right. It's also it's on video as well now, so you can go and watch that. Um, there's an enemy who wants to pull us down, and it's time instead to go higher. He wants to steal, kill, destroy. You do have an enemy who doesn't like you. 
And it is a very real war. It's not a metaphorical war. It's not, there are people who will have died because of the spiritual war going on. Friends of yours died out of their time. It wasn't God's will. There is a real, true, painful battle going on right now. Right. Uh, you might have seen this little one on social media. I think some of us put it out this week. Uh, and it goes like this. The, the only thing that attacks an eagle is, this video says, the crow. And the crow lands on the back of the eagle and begins to peck at the neck of the eagle in a hope to bring it down. What the eagle does, instead of trying to fight or shake, he just begins to sail higher and higher, because the eagle can go so much higher than the crow can go. And he gets to the place where there's not enough oxygen for a crow to survive, but the eagle can survive. And eventually the crow loses consciousness and falls to the ground, and the eagle's free. Do you want to know the best thing to do with the enemy is not to stand there and, you know, hitching head against a wall trying to be more spiritual. Just by the grace and goodness of God, sit back into him. Make room for him as we sung this morning. Be desperate for the reality of him, not religion, but the reality of him. And allow yourself to go higher and higher and higher in God. Who needs some things to fall away from their lives? Some fears, some anxiety, some pains, some sickness, some stuff going on inside of us. God's not looking at you going, well, if you tried a bit harder, I mean, let's be honest, that's true for some. Some just need a good slap, right? <laughs> some young men want to change the world. They haven't learned to change their underwear on time yet, right? <laughs> so sometimes we do need a bit of a slap. But let me talk to all the experienced people that have tried and are a little bit tired. I say, God, I'm ready for a fresh new beginning. God's saying this to you, don't try harder, try higher. Come up higher. Stop the organized religion. Try disorganized religion. Try religion that's, I'm in love with Jesus, full of his spirit, telling others about him, touching the lives of those who are poor in spirit and poor in reality. That's all all of this is supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be about tidy rows on a Sunday morning, is it? It's about coming up high in God. Real quick, a few things we can do to make that happen. Number one, huh, shut the door. Jesus, when he's teaching about prayer, he gave a very practical, and I think he means literal, uh, instruction of what to do. When you pray, shut the door. Uh, shut the door on, find a place that's alone. Find, some Bibles even call it a closet. Find a little space for just you and God, because going higher requires focus. Everyone say focus. You know the picture, the story in the Bible, uh, 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 Mary and Martha, and the one was distracted, and the other one was undistracted. I don't know about you. That sounds like a precious place. Undistracted. I'm able in my heart to look at God. How did Daniel sleep in the lion's den? How did Jesus sleep in the boat in the storm? His soul must have been higher than mine is half the time. Anybody with me? How do you do that? Learn to shut the literal door in prayer. You need to find some space. Stop faking it, saying, well, I just pray as I go through my day. No, you have to find some moment to focus and shut the door. But what about the metaphorical door? which is just, I guard my heart. I shut the door of my heart 
from excesses of. And you tell me what it is in your life. So offense, social media, which is the same as offense. <laughs> if it's Twitter anyway. What do you need to shut the door on? We live in such a noisy world. Do you know that scientists are beginning to show now that noise pollution is as damaging to our health as air pollution? If you live in continual noise, there's almost certainly something wrong with your soul. To get to a place of silence and solitude with God and feel at peace and shut the door and realize, I don't need a thing, I don't need a phone, I don't need a, a noise, I don't need a drone, I don't even need worship music. My heart is at rest before God. I've learned how to shut the door. Why? Because it's the only way to get higher. I have to be able to shut the door that's in my heart. On every, sometimes I've got to shut the door on my own brain. Anybody? My own anxiety, my own shame, my own pain, my own difficulty. And you just go, shut up, brain. Serve me, don't rule me. Stop believing everything you think. There's a heart, there's a spirit inside you that needs to, to be able to shut the door and everything else and go, it's just me and God and we're getting close right now. Don't try harder, try higher. Come up higher. The second one is, is, is momentum. <laughs> I told the story many times about a, when I was in Africa, a friend of mine wanted one of my malarial pills while I was taking four a day. And I kind of gave it him out of embarrassment, but I wanted to say, right medicine, wrong dose. You can do the right thing, but not often enough to make you buoyant in life. If you come back to prayer once every three weeks, you're doing the right thing. But what you're going to find is within days, you're scudding along the ground again. Bump, bump, bump in the dust. And then you, you eventually make it to another Sunday service or a prayer time or, or something decent and godly that you find on the telly or something to stir your spirit. And you get a little bit buoyant. Does anybody know what I mean? There are some people, every time I meet them, I can see it takes them 45 minutes of worship even to start to lift off the ground because they're living such a way down life, sort of the, full of the sandbags of offense and noise and, and destruction and anxiety and fears. And so it, oh, it takes so long to unburden themselves. But if we had more moments, we'd have more momentum. What if, just can you do this? I wish I had a, a slide for it. Instead of... We lift off and we feel as we should feel every day for a moment. But within 24 hours, we're bumping the ground again. We lift off. Maybe it's a Sunday service. And just because you attend one doesn't mean that one gets you. Do you know what I'm saying? But sometimes they do, right? And so you take off buoyantly in the things of God. There's a flicker of faith in our hearts. But then, bump, we hit the ground again. What if instead of just restarting at square one every few days or every week or every two weeks. What if before we'd lost too much height, we went again? Come on, work with me. So, so we take off in God, but before we get right back down in the dust, we're engaging in God in prayer again. Listen, you need to pray to survive. I mean, go read the stories of what these last days are going to be like. We need to pray to survive. And the church cannot provide it if our hearts don't desire it and grab it, right? Imagine, imagine if just before you dip down, you're lifting again, and suddenly you find yourself on a different plane. Do you realize up here, miracles are waiting? 
Adventures are waiting. Faith in God is waiting. Revelation's waiting. While religion trundles along in the dust, lifted and flatlined and lifted and flatlined. Does it take much, Jared? Is this hard work? Oh, no, no, no. It's a heart state. You, you can shut the door while you're taking your bus journey. Closet right in. Forget the outer courts. Work with me, those that know your Bible. Forget the holy place. Shut the door. God's ripped the veil open, but you're still supposed to shut the door on the throne room in your heart and be with God and meet him there between the outstretched wings of the cherubim. That's what the Bible says, right? Even on a bus journey, you shut down. You say, God, I don't want to hit dust. I want to lift again. I want to come higher. Momentum. Once every three week, Christianity guarantees you a future of backsliding, and that's all there'll be. And I'm not saying go to church every day. I'm saying go to God every day. Go to God every day. Open the Bible and just let it stir you. And then here's the last one. Your mouth. James tells us that our mouth is a rudder. You can tell where you're at spiritually by the things you say. I don't know about you. I can tell where I'm at by the things I say. So you know when you're going wrong because your mouth expresses your heart. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? Both Jeremiah and Isaiah, in the moments of their induction as prophets, God had to touch their mouths before they could go higher. Isaiah, they took a coal and touched his lips, and then suddenly then he heard the voice of God. Jeremiah, oh, I'm only young. I can't speak. In other words, he's all down in the dust of the humanity of who he is. And all of us are miserable when we look at that too long. Anybody? Then God touched his mouth, said, I've put my words in your lips. Don't be afraid of anything. Who wants to live a don't be afraid of anything life? Let God touch your mouth. The mouth that whinges and gossips and says offensive things, uh, the, 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 the mouth that just repeats the anxieties and well, it's James 3 says, well, we're just steering our life into more anxiety and more pain. James 3 says, the tongue is like a fire. Wow. <laughs> Have you ever listened to yourself and then thought afterwards, I was on fire today, but it was not a godly fire. <laughs> it was a fire of my flesh. It was a fire of my lower life. It was a dusty fire. How's about instead we ascended the hill of the Lord. A lot of the Psalms are songs of ascents. They're songs that you're supposed to sing to go higher in God. Let's finish with this one. Why don't you stand with me? Let's just finish with this. This is one of the songs of ascents. The earth is the Lord, Psalm 24, and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. He founded it on the waters and established it on the seas. Listen to this. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who can stand in the high holy place? Now listen to this carefully. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands. 
That's the practical side. God wants all of our ways and all of our works. He wants our, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? The one who gets his diary right. The one who gives the right time. The one who knows how to practically shut the door. You can only ascend when we organize our life for ascension. Is your life organized for ascension? Not for the accumulation of a Western life, but the ascension to know God, to go higher. If it's God, I'll take it. He who has clean hands, and it says, and a pure heart. So clean hands, you've got to get your work in order, your hands, the practical stuff. Heart, we have to get our longings in order. Anybody longing for God this morning? I just, oh God, I love you. I want you. I need you. I call on you. When you're really full, do you really hunger for a meal? No. So if we're not hungry for God, well, sometimes it's because we're just so full of other stuff. I like that cry. Oh. Unashamed. Uncaring. Childlike. God, I need you. Or is it, Dad, I need you. I don't know what she was saying. Change my nappy. Give me food. I don't know what it is. But I love the childlike, unashamed nature of children. It's awful when we get all respectable, isn't it? Blind Bartimaeus. Jesus, son of David. It's what I'm looking at. God's looking for Jesus, son of David. Come on, who wants a prayer meeting? Five minutes at the end. Let your longing rise to him. Clean hands. Maybe some of us need to go away and do some different things, like stop praying once every three weeks. Just start turning your heart heavenwards every day. It's amazing what 10 minutes a day would do to transform our world. It's a great start point. Jesus, we love you. And a pure heart. Only the pure see God, Jesus said in the Beatitudes. Come on, let's just pray. God is a church, we want to go higher. 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 wherever you're at in God this morning. Tell him that you want to know him more.
Tell him that you want to come higher. You don't want to live a life in the dust. We want to live lives full of heaven's possibilities. We long for you. We ask for a revival in our hearts this autumn. because we're desperate for significance we're desperate for stuff we're desperate for you God we're desperate for you we're desperate for you God we want you more than ever we want you we want you we want you we want you God Would a couple of you pray out just to help us close the service? Come on, let your longing rise.